You're listening to Your Credit Today with your host, Angela Setters-Vassar, sponsored by Conquer Credit Management. Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up, people? It's A to the N to the G. Well, once again, my name is Angela, and guess what? They call me the real credit queen, and I've been serving and advising in this area of credit management for over 28 years, so look no further for factual information. Listen to the sound of my voice and let's learn enough to be dangerous and well-informed. So today we're going to be talking about a few important facts about why a good score is important. I was just talking to uh, my producer here of the show and we were talking about getting a refinance and why it's so important to have a specific type of FICO score. There's so many different levels of credit. There's so many different things that a bank will do based off of your FICO score. And, you know, why in the hell really did they even make this whole FICO score system? You know, I mean, I've talked about it before and I liked the old system. Can they bring that back again? It was so much easier. So before we had FICO and the whole credit reporting system, there was something called the indexing system. And what happened was, is that when you paid off a loan or a debt, that would go into the index and it would show that you took out $100,000 and you paid off $100,000. Or if you took out $100,000 and you only paid $90,000, it would show that, but it wouldn't actually ding you or cause you problems. It would just be that you paid it off. So if Mr. Farmer, Farmer John, called his banker and said, you know what, unfortunately, the crops aren't doing too well right now. And if it would be okay, can I have a forbearance where I don't pay you for two months, but on the third month, I will bring myself current, meaning I will pay the payments that I didn't pay over the last couple of months, and now I'll be current. Oh, the banker would say, no problem, uh, Farmer John. Go ahead and do that as long as you can make the payment. And it wouldn't be an issue. Now in today's world, Farmer John can't have a problem because if he has a problem and he can't pay, well, what's going to happen is is that he's going to show up and have two 30-day late payments showing on his credit report. And hence, that's going to cause his FICO score to drop quite significantly and give him a huge problem. Because one of the things that we talk about all the time is your, your credit is an investment tool to build wealth. It is the one asset or the one tool that you have when you're going out and you need to use it as leverage to buy something. It's the one thing that you have that's a foundation that you can hang your hat on. But if it's not in a good place, if it's not at a good score, then unfortunately you could be subject to paying higher interest rates when you really don't actually deserve that. So, you know, the founders and billionaires, by the way, FICO, originally Fair Isaac and Company, is a data analytics company based in San Jose, California, and they're focused on scoring services. It was founded by Bill Fair and Earl Isaac Listen to this. In 1956, long time ago, okay, its FICO score, a measure of consumer risk, has become a fixture of consumer lending in the United States. So as we know, that score controls a lot of different things. But, you know, 
why is it needed? Why did they even come up with this algorithm or mathematical equation that they call FICO? Well, the reason was is that the banks came together and said, listen, we're having a huge issue here. Farmer Johns are calling us all the time and they can't make payments for the next six months and it's costing us a lot in interest. We want to be able to show that information to other banks so that they know what kind of risk this particular person is that they're taking on and they're lending money to. So basically, this particular system, this FICO score system, is a risk assessor. It's a risk analyzer. And hence why there are so many different factors. We've actually talked about this in one of our past shows, that there are over 150 different factors that go into the FICO analytics, the mathematical equation that institutes or becomes your actual FICO score. And if you listen to, I think our show was um, actually called the different types of credit cards, things of that nature. If you listen to that show, it really break down how credit cards actually help your FICO score and how you can build your FICO score by utilization factors and patterns and things like that. So again, the FICO score was created to help bring a balance, so to speak, or to help banks and financial institutions understand the risk that they're going to take with that new customer that they're underwriting a loan for or underwriting insurance. Now, a lot a lot of us think that the FICO score is only used um, if you're going to purchase something or you're going to buy a piece of property. But I can tell you that that could not be further from the truth. The FICO scoring system is now going to be used for a ton of different things because, again, I said that it's a risk assessor. So these great uh, these great guys here, this Bill Fair and Earl Isaacs, uh, they turned this uh, system into a risk factoring system for all kinds kinds of analytics. So the insurance companies, let's say auto insurance companies, they're able to use this analytic type system to have an understanding of how likely you are to get into a car accident. Okay, so uh, it's not just used for the credit industry. Okay, it's going to be used uh, across the board. A lot of utility companies are now pulling your credit history and they're tiering your utilities. I mean, who wants to go and move to a new house and because your FICO score is not so great, have to pay higher utilities because your FICO score is not too great? I mean, why should that even matter? But let me tell you, friends, it's going to start to matter because that particular number, your FICO score, is going to drive a lot of different things that you do. And hence, this is why it's really important to pay attention, to understand the different credit hacks that you can use to increase your FICO score, to understand how you can repair or rebuild your credit score. Just because you have a whoopsie, just because you have a collection, just because something happens, you file bankruptcy, whatever the case may be, You know, even though you're being set back, you can set yourself back up and you can get back on the horse again, okay? You can't just sit there when you have a problem. You've got to go out and get help. And that's what these podcasts are for. They're for to give you information on how you can be savvy, smart, and use the wisdom that's there to get your FICO score back in a bankable position. So here's some important factors to remember. Whether you think you do or think you don't, 
you do have a FICO score. Whether it's a zero or an 800, it's all about how you build your credit history. Now, a lot of people come to me and say, you know what, I'm coming here from a different country. I really don't like your credit system, but I understand that I have to use it. And I don't have any credit right now. So what is it that I can do? Well, there's a couple of different things that you can do to start building your credit. Number one, you definitely want to get a secured credit card, okay? Now, if you open up a bank account here in the States, a lot of banks and financial institutions will start you off with a secured credit card that will be backed by a savings account, Okay, so um, depending on the type of deposits that you put in their bank, they may even give you an unsecured line of credit. It just depends. But you need to establish at least one or two credit cards when you're coming here from a different country. Now, the same goes for young adults. I do a lot of financial literacy in colleges. And one of the things that I find a lot of times is that people or young adults have never been taught the value of credit and why it's so important to understand how to use credit, how to use uh, interest, and what the whole credit system is there for after you get out of college. So once again, it's really important that if you don't have a FICO score, that you seek the knowledge and the information on how to build it. And you can build it pretty quickly. I mean, I've seen people build credit in 90 days. The way that that typically happens is that if you have no credit, and let's say you're doing this for a young adult who might be your child, or you have a relative that's coming here from a different country and you want to help them establish credit, because I mean, let's get real people. You cannot come into the U.S. and not have credit, because what's the first thing that they're going to do when you try to get an apartment? They're going to check your credit. And if you don't have any credit, it's going to make it difficult for you to navigate our system because we have that system that is set up on trust based on your FICO score and your credit history. So again, really important to start establishing that. So the way that you can do it, like I said, going back to when you have young children, young adults, or let me rephrase that, not young children, okay? You don't want to get your five-year-old, your American Express when they're going into the toy store because they'll come out and now you got a bill for $1,000. Anyway, sorry about that. We want to make sure that it is young adults or young teens, let's say maybe 16, you're starting off and you have a custodial credit card for them and you're adding them as an authorized user onto one of your credit cards that you've had for a really long time. You can do this for the young adult, young student, student. And you also can do this for your relative that's coming here from outside of the country. So what they can do, um, the relative that is the adult, they can go to their bank, get a secured credit card, or based, like I said, on their deposits, they may be able to get an unsecured line of credit that will report to their credit history. And you or one of your family members or one of your friend or one of their friends, I should say, can add them as an authorized user onto their credit card that they've had for five to 10 years. Because what's that going to do? That's going to help their credit history set a solid foundation that appears to be that they've had credit in the States for the last five years when you and I both know they're just doing something called 
piggybacking. They're jumping on their back and they're riding your coattails on the information that you've created over the last five to 10 years. But hey, let's help our brother and sister out when they're coming from a different country and help them establish themselves because we know and understand, once again, that in the U.S., you need to have really good credit in order to do things. So again, really important. You can either have an 800 or you can have a zero, okay? You can go from an 800 to a 500, but it's really important that you understand that your FICO score does matter and that the banks look at different FICO scores and they have different categories of loans for the FICO score that you're in. But If you're in a a 500 FICO score, I can tell you right now, there's not too many banks out there that are going to give you a loan. So what you need to do is work on that and get that FICO score up to a bankable level, which is anywhere that I would say between a 660 and a 760. Next thing, remember that your credit is an investment tool to build wealth. It's really important to take care of it. You know, I always say this to people and they always laugh, but cash is not necessarily king anymore. You know what what took the throne? Leverage. So what happens is, is that, you know, when you come into this country and you have citizenship or if you have a work visa, what they say is, you know what? You just came into the U.S. and we're going to trust you. If you can build up a really positive credit history and you have a sustainable FICO score, if you want to go ahead and buy a piece of property worth a million dollars and let's say you don't have a million dollars that you want to pay cash for that home, you're going to put a certain percentage down and the bank is going to carry back that, let's say, $800,000, you put $200,000 down. That's leverage. That's using other people's money to build assets in the U.S. And let me tell you something. That's how some of the richest people in America have built their riches on other people's money. I've talked about it before. If you haven't seen the movie with Danny DeVito, you need to go watch it. It's called Other People's Money. Amazing movie. So the thing is, is that What you would want to use cash for when we're talking about cash being king is for depreciating assets. So, you know, if you really have to go and buy that car and you have the cash to do so, and it's not going to hurt your cash flow, it's not going to get in the way of your budget, things of that nature, go ahead and pay cash for the car because that's a depreciating asset. It's not going to be worth the same in four years when you pay the loan off or when you pay the lease off. And then not to mention, if you're paying cash for it, you're not paying interest on the money that you've paid for the car. So that's the difference between using leverage to buy an appreciating asset like a building or a house, things of that nature, and why your credit score is so ultra important for those types of purchases. The other thing that you, that's really important to know and understand about credit is to have enough credit, but not too much. I have spoken to so many individuals that have 15, 20, 30 credit cards, and they're using them all of the time. And it can become so confusing when the bills come in. And this is what causes disaster amongst people that unfortunately are not organized. So the most credit that I would say that you need to have is no more than five credit cards. And you can do that very strategically. 
So if you use credit cards for a lot of different things, let's say that you're a big rewards person and you want to use your credit cards because you want to use those rewards to go travel or however you use your credit, then get larger lines of credit. Use those credit cards for three to five years and ask for an increase, okay? If you need fifty dollars or $100,000 worth of credit, you can still have it. You don't have to have 10 or 15 credit cards to have that much credit. You can have it with one institution and make it more stupid simple, I would say. So it's really important that you don't create a mess, that you create something that's manageable in your life, and you don't create that chaos, so to speak, by having so many lines of credit and so many credit cards that you can't keep up with them. You want to have something that's manageable. You want to have something that's on a list that you know what's going on at all times so that you don't have a whoopsie. Because let me tell you, one 30-day late can really ruin a situation. I was just talking to a person on the phone this morning, okay? They're in the middle of escrow. They're getting ready to close on their house. And unfortunately, their son made a late payment on the car note. Well, now their FICO score went down 60 points and it changed the whole trajectory, trajectory, speak English, Angela, of their loan. Okay, so they went from being an A paper borrower to really being a B plus paper borrower. So they're going to pay a little bit of a higher interest rate because there's nothing that can be done in two weeks. They need at least a month or two months to take care of that situation. So again, really important also in that particular situation, talking about, you know, not having too much credit, it's also not co-signing for people. Now, this individual or this couple happened to co-sign for their son, and a lot of people do that for their children. But let me tell you, it could be a huge mistake. The reason why is that your son or daughter may not have the discipline to make their payments on time. And it's not because you didn't teach them. It's just because kids are kids and they make mistakes. They're learning in life. So if you're going to authorize or co-authorize for someone, you want to stay in control of that situation. So you have them pay you and you pay the creditor so that you know and understand that the bill is being paid every single month. The last thing I want to talk about and how you can maintain a good credit score is paying interest to the banks. Now, don't shoot the messenger. A lot of people say to me, Angela, I don't want to pay interest to the bank. Well, you got to think about it this way. If you were lending money to your friend on a monthly basis, wouldn't you want to get something in return? Maybe it's not your friend, okay? Because a lot of these banks, they are not our friends. But the thing is, is that they are lending money to you and they're trusting you to pay them back, okay? They have all the risk. So what do they want in return for their risk? They want you to pay some interest. Now, there are a lot of people out there that unfortunately pay a lot of interest because they use their credit cards and they pay them off over time. And I'm not saying that that's a horrible thing, but it's not a good practice because that means that you're using your credit cards as extra cash. And sometimes in our life, when we're having um, an influx of problems with cash flow, or let's say we lost a job, or let's say we just bought a piece of investment property and we need to use some 
some extra cash or credit cards to increase the value of something, well, that's a time that you can do that. But it shouldn't be something that you do all of the time. Because when you use a credit card, let's say today, and then you plan to pay it off over a year's time, unfortunately, because you're not utilizing that credit card every 90 days, you've just used it once and you're paying off a balance over time, that creates a negative factor with your FICO score instead of a positive one. Because utilization is extremely important to the FICO score and the analytics. They want to see you using your credit card at least once every 90 days. Now, the interest portion that I'm talking about and the rule of credit okay, is that you want to pay the bank interest at least two times a year. And it's really simple, all right? It doesn't have to be difficult. If you have a credit card and let's say the most you can spend is $1,000, let's say. Let's say you use $800. When the bill comes in, you pay 80% of the bill. You leave 20% to revolve and pay interest the following month. Do that two times a year and I'm telling you, you will have a FICO yield higher of 40 to sometimes 80 points when you're following the rule of credit. It's a really simple thing to do. If you're using your credit cards all the time and you're paying off the balance in full, I can tell you that you are missing a huge portion of your FICO score because everything has a reason. Once again, like I said, there's over 150 different factors that go into the mathematics of FICO, and that's one of them. The banks came into the room and said, hey, you know what? We've got all of these clients using our credit cards, and it's great. They're using the credit card, but they're paying the balance off at the end of the month, and we are not benefiting from them because they're not paying us interest. And a lot of people think that they're a good credit risk because they handle things that way. But I'm telling you, friends, if you do it the way that I'm telling you, you're going to be an amazing credit risk. And what's going to happen is, let's say that you go to that particular credit card company, and you want an increase in your credit, or you want a 0% interest rate because you want to pay off a couple of other credit cards, they're going to be more apt to do it because you're using the system the way that it was designed to be used. So my friends, I thank you so much for coming to the show. I hope you learned something very valuable. If you have, please share this information with your friends and your family. Share our show on social media. And hey, if you have a podcast out there and you'd like me to come on your podcast hit me up. All right. www.conquercredit.com if you have any questions about credit restoration or important credit questions. My name is Angela Setters-Bissard and I'm out.